welcome to the Hartman Group's podcast, The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Danielle Kleiner-Cantor, and I'm here with my colleague on the Hartman Retainer Services team, Melissa Abbott. How are you doing, Melissa? I am very good, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here to talk with you today. Wonderful. So Melissa and I have been thinking about pizza lately. And while it's such a ubiquitous food in the U.S. here, we wanted to take a virtual trend track, if you will, outside the U.S., and see how consumers across the globe think about and eat pizza. Yeah, this is so exciting because uh, pizza is such a cultural thing. And it's so quintessential as a U.S. food. And it's adapted from southern Italy, um, but now it is global. There is not really a place you can go across the globe that doesn't have some version of pizza. So it's so American, and like many global foods, it has its origins from this cultural exchange. That's such a great point. And even within the U.S., there are regional variations, and consumers have such personal preferences and customs when it comes to pizza. I'm sure you and I might have some differences of opinion. I, th I think we might, but we also might have some places where we agree. Because, you know, pizza, it's so iconic. But at the same time, it's so versatile. Um, and so as you and I, we kind of, you know, just sort of explore this idea about pizza trends from around the globe, we really wanted to know what are the different interpretations of what consumers think of pizza across the globe? Now, when we started to explore this more deeply, we found that the concept behind pizza, you know, the flour-based dough or pancake with a host of different toppings, it appears in so many other cuisines. Yes, exactly. One example that we found of this is Japanese okonomiyaki which is a savory pancake made from a batter base of flour, eggs, grated yam, shredded cabbage, and sometimes non-native speakers refer to this as Japanese pizza. And while it's actually more comparable as a type of pancake or omelet, given its characteristic pan-fried preparation, the style of preparation, so the common base and then the variety of toppings, is likely how this nickname came to be. Yeah. Now, to me, that certainly sounds like someone from the Northeast, from New York, who has a very, you know, staunch defi definition of pizza. That to me, I'm like, that's more like an omelet. But I completely understand how that could be uh, interpreted in that way. And then even take uh, places like Germany. There is this really delicious uh, thin crust flatbread that originated in the border region around French Alsace and, and German Saarland. It's called, I, I might butcher this, but it's Flammkuchen. Uh, and it's also, there's a version of it in southern France as well called Pisa la Die. So, so delicious. And it has this really flaky crust. And it typically consists of the toppings with a little bit of bacon and creme fraiche and caramelized onions that get like that sweet umami thing going on. So it's common to see ingredients like sautéed mushrooms, gruyere, as well as Munster cheese. There are sweet varieties too that have apples and cinnamon, but that to me is really more of like a an apple tart, but that is still considered a version of a pizza. Um, but just the idea of these really unique toppings that kind of are reflect the locale of this area uh, in Germany and Alsace, so, so delicious. And so how consumers define pizza isn't the only thing that can change from country to country. For example, we learned that in Japan and Brazil, consumers are making some topping combinations that took a you know, they look pretty different than what you might find at, you know, an American pizza parlor. Yeah, exactly. So let's think about Brazil. 
what we learned is that most toppings or most pizzas have a minimal amount of sauce and instead feature a wide variety of creative and traditional toppings. And some of the more unique toppings that we learned about can include guava cheese, minas cheese, banana and cinnamon, so another sweet <laughs> variety. We have smoked turkey, um, a mild tasting cream cheese called catupiry, and even chocolate. And we also learned that it's not uncommon to see pizza, w pizza with ketchup, mustard, or even mayonnaise. We did a snacking study, uh, the Hartman Group executed, and I went down with an, a colleague of mine, and we ate so much pizza down there. It was tremendous how good the pizza was, the crust, but it is true. There are some really kind of far out toppings that exist there, especially the guava cheese, but that katupiri that you mentioned, oh my gosh, so good. The kind of thing that you you sort of dream about when you when you come back home and you think about, you know, what you ate at a certain, uh, when you were on a, on a global trip, if you will. Well, you just um, have to go back. I know. Let's do it, Danielle. Let's go back to <laughs> Sao Paulo. I'm down. Right? Totally. Yeah. So then when we think about Japanese pizza toppings and varieties are um, some of them are so kind of far out there um, and many of them reflect Japanese interests in seafood and their their preference for that. And so while traditional pizza toppings, they're pretty common, there are other selections uh, like kewpie mayo with squid ink and teriyaki chicken with mayo sauce, honey and cheese, smoked salmon, and even avocado shrimp and anchovy and potato. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that really kind of capture that interest in, in seafood uh, amongst Japanese consumers when it comes to pizza. And I've heard a lot of people say that Japanese pizza is some of the best pizza they've had in the world and they've eaten pizza in Naples in Italy. So that to me just says like, wow, what's really happening in Japan when it comes to pizza? It's so interesting. And they're not the only ones though who are incorporating seafood into their pizzas. On the East Coast here in the United States, there's the white clam pie that, uh, you know, it was, it was still pretty far out there decades ago, but now it's becoming more popularized and it is tremendously delicious, this white clam pie that uses clams from the Northeast and it doesn't have red sauce. Because uh, in, it, in Italy, when you when you have a pizza with seafood, you don't touch the red sauce with that. It's got to be a white-based sauce. So <laughs> kind of similar. There's some similarities then with um, with Japan. So I'm getting really hungry just thinking about this. Well, we have a couple more mm -hmm. places to add to our uh, okay. <laughs> list. So it's so interesting to think of with food becoming increasingly globalized, what will happen with these trends as they continue to evolve and you know, as we've talked about how they borrow from each other and what's, what is next? What is on the horizon for pizza? Yeah. And you think about how cultural pizza is, how personal it's constantly evolving. I mean, there are some things that we said, like we were just talking about the, the seafood and the, think about how cauliflower crust pizza has become such a, a basic phenomenon here in the U.S. with the interest in personalized diets and, you know, avoidance of grains um, and the whole idea of like Whole30 and paleo and grain-free and just how when I first tried cauliflower crust pizza, I was like, I'm not, I'm not sold on this already, but I couldn't believe how crispy it actually was. I thought it was going to be like the sobby, soggy, gluten-free mm. type of pizzas I'd had mm -hmm. in the past. But um, it lended itself to a really interesting experience. So it's this idea of like if we can just sort of free our minds and then it kind of enables us to experience things and pizza in this whole different you know realm. But there is one thing that I want to know if we're in the same camp on. What? 
pineapple on pizza. What's your take? I'm going to have to say that's a that's a hard no for me. I'm going to go with you on that. There is there's going to be no pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> Cauliflower crust or not. Well, at least we can agree. Thank you all for tuning in to the Insatiable Appetite, and we hope that you join us next time. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Melissa.